hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Anime. How are you all? What's going on? We are the podcast where we try and throw open the gates to anime, whether you're new, old, returning, ever wanted to get into anime but didn't know where to start, we're the podcast for you. So, Charlie, how you going? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm wearing a very special On shirt brand. from a dear friend of mine. Shout out to you, Connor. Thank you for this oh, wonderful Connor. Captain Levi shirt that is very subtle. And, um, you know, if anyone who can't see it is a montage of Captain Levi and the middle of it is him cleaning a room and we all know how much he loves to clean things. Does so, um, yes, on brand for we are talking about the fact that Attack on Titan has come to an end. Oh, what a time. What a ride. What a ride. What a ride. Uh, those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a long time or whether you've just come in, we've talked about Attack on Titan a lot on this show because we've been going for three years at the time of recording this podcast and this show has been with us for a long time now obviously we're all old folk who have been into anime for a very long time but it is so rare in fact unprecedented really to have a show that reaches this far into the west from japan and be so ubiquitous and be so massively well-received, Attack on Titan did something very special. It broke through into the West. Now, you could argue things like Neon Genesis, no, still very niche, if you want to look at pure numbers. Briefly, One Punch Man, you could argue kind of Mm. did, but not for 10 years, and only did it briefly for one season. So we have a show which has now finally come to its end, and it's quite an emotional time because Attack on Titan did something for me And now, the number one show for me of all time, obviously my number one anime, is Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. This show, for a period of time, meant more to me than that show. Now, we'll come back to this later. At the end of the day, like, we'll talk, we're not going to get too bogged down in the ending. We will talk about that a bit, obviously, because we have to, of course. But this show really is something very, very special to me. And it's funny because I read the manga as well because famously the show came out in 2013. There was a four-year gap between season one and season two. So for those of us who were obsessed, you had to read the manga, but you caught up to that real quick too. Then we were dealing with month-to-month releases for four years or something like that too. So it's been a bit of a slog at the same time. But I just want to contextualize just how big and well-received this show actually is and was in a Western context, right? So- has a 9.1 rating on IMDb. Of course, you can take this with a grain of salt. There are some things I'm going to say which would be grain of salty, but still, for an anime, big deal. 9.1 on IMDb with five separate episodes achieving a 9.9 rating. Very hard to do. Critic score of 96% on Rotten Tomatoes to go along with a 95% audience score. Ridiculously high. But here's the, the thing I really want to talk about. And this is, we'll contextualize this a bit later because one of the major benefits that Attack on Titan had was coming out at its peak when it was at its like peak popularity during COVID. And I think that was a major reason as to why it managed to build such fervent and huge anticipation and a fa- such a big fan base in the West. Parrot Analytics stated that during its fourth season, which was the peak, AOT was the most popular show in the United States during the week of January 31st, 2020 to the 6th of February, 2021. The same week as its finale, it had 
110.5 times the demand of the average series, an increase of 10.5% from the previous week, beating out the second place SpongeBob SquarePants by over 15%. So yeah, and that, that wasn't just animated show. At one point for a week in the United States, it was the biggest show Ooh. in the country. That's fucking wild. I'm just wild. impressed that SpongeBob is as popular Stay as it. Up. Like, it's honestly. <laughs> You're going off course no, here. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, SpongeBob is what we should be talking about. Should, like, <laughs> it's crazy huge. 10 years, 10 I mean, episodes. Another. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 24 years yeah, of SpongeBob? 24 years. Fuck. 302 episodes. 302? Bikini anyway. bottom going off. There's a, is a Broadway show. I don't see an Attack on Titan Broadway show. Uh, there's, a, there's obviously a ton of musicals in Japan. Yeah, but I don't see Titan, a Broadway obviously. show. Yeah, All right. It's going to be like that. Wasn't there Spider-Man. a Death Note? Didn't Death Note appear in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Death Note, I've talked about this, I think, a lot. on the podcast a bunch. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, yeah, I, I was, never get sick of it. <laughs> well, it had, yeah, it was a American musical yes. written for Broadway, off-Broadway. They did a workshop of it. There's a recording. And then it didn't go up. It got cancelled last minute. And then Shame. Japan produced their own one, the same one, but they did it in Japanese. Obviously mm-hmm. translated, but it was still that one. And then recently London just did a version. It was like a concert version. And it sold out like instantly. Ross Chisari saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got the. He was best telling thing me. He's ever seen. Oh, he had the best time. Of ever. course he did. So Ross, for those of you who don't know, he has been on the show a bunch of times. Check out his episodes: Magical Girl, Pokemon, and Modern Shonen. Excellent episodes. We love Ross, but we're having you on soon. He keeps asking. He lives in London now, doing Moulin Rouge on West End. So I know, Ross's career brother. is going too well to be on our he's podcast now. He still wants to come on for some reason. We love you, Ross. But until he's on the Attack and Titan. Live musical. Yeah, yeah. Ross, yeah. Aaron. Yeah. Ross Chisari for Aaron Yeager. Yeah. Go. <laughs> oh, I could see Aaron having a high tenor. Yeah. And Ross, Ross has would, got a high tenor. Ross would slay that. Just, you know, we'll, we'll bankroll that for later. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. For later. No, so basically, not only that, but like Reddit's obviously a very small uh, slice of the internet and a fandom, but like there's a karma poll that comes out every week on Reddit which is set up by it was an amazing anime fan who basically aggregated all the karma that every episode of a show would get for from its you know release on Reddit every two for 48 hours and then would like aggregate that into a poll every week so every week there's an anime poll of like bam here are the most highly rated karma episodes from the week right from a 48 Far hour period, what, a, what a commitment well, he did it for it years was so good did it for it years incredible so good. now he he did leave it about a year ago, maybe, and was like, guys, I'm fucking done. Like uh, two, fair enough. Maybe two, two years two, ago. Three years ago. Yeah, but now it's a um, now it's automated. Someone's yeah, built a bot. It's yeah, not it's as not, good. It's not, not the same feel. Yeah. But anyway, respect to that person. Absolutely crazy. Come back. But anyway, Attack on Titan just obliterated that poll. Like, it's not even. It's embarrassing to put anything else close. Now, of course, you need to contextualize this again. COVID, as we said, especially in the fourth season, the one where it was the biggest show in America for a week. It came out twenty the start of 2021. So it was a time when, like, also anime was huge at that point because everyone was watching stuff, and it's the time that that Reddit, thre- uh, Reddit, our anime on Reddit was out of control. It was like everyone was there talking. It was like a whole thing. So there's obviously been some benefits there that Attack on Titan managed to reap uh, from its timing. But at the same time, you could also argue, because there was a lull, there was a big lull with four because when Attack on Titan first came out, that first season, bam! Hit us all like a truck. We're like, what the fuck? This is incredible. Four-year gap. Four years. And there was some momentum lost. Oh, hell yeah. And in fact, to the point where a lot of people said, like, oh, maybe it's not even that good. It's overhyped. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's operating in a vacuum. Who cares? There is a video that Gigok did called Attack on Titan is Brilliant Now, which he did in 2019 during the third season, which I still think is the peak of the show. Season That's the highest two. rated 
Season three, part two, is the highest rated, as it should be, um, and West reviewed, and that's probably the best part of the series. It is by far the best because it's funny because I think season four is where I started to miss elements of the show's earlier seasons. Well, this is an interesting thing you say. So, anyway, if you come this far in the podcast and you don't want to tack on Titan, is I mean, go listen to our earlier stuff. Like, come on. But obviously, there is a big change that happens in season four when the big mystery is what is in the basement is revealed, and it's like, oh. Spoiler, if you haven't seen it, stop oh, listening right this second, but we're going to be spoiling from we're here on in. We're spoiling Attack on Titan because we're it's talking ended. about the ending and everything. <laughs> it's ended. And if you do, haven't watched it, then I envy you. Go back and start, a, start <laughs> it again enjoy. and have a great time. So I also want to say something quickly. Obviously, quickly on the point I was just making, it changed. It was humans all along. Uh, big change, right? It was it, That is what a lot of fans did drop off. Fair enough. We can argue about this. Till the cars come home, till later, and I think it's, it is quite an interesting thing to debate. But just for context, I have, was reading the manga month to month, right, and the ending got savaged, savaged in the manga when it ended. People fucking hated it. I'm not talking quite neon Genesis so level, did you. but close. Oh, I hated you it. Mental. Honestly, I hated if it. you want proof of this, just go back and listen to any episode around Sam. You literally were like nearly in tears talking about it. I hated it. Hated it. So I hated you it. Came I hated to work one night when we worked together. You're just like, it's over. Anime shit. Everyone's <laughs> over. It's bullshit. <laughs> I hated it. I was it's the worst day of my life. I'm like, yeah. Sam, chill. Oh, can't it, be that bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, it was a rough so one. it's interesting because I hated the ending in the manga. Fucking hated it. And again, I want to talk about Reddits. There's there were two Reddits at the time, two subreddits. There was Shingeki no Kyojin, which is the Japanese translation of Attack on Titan. And, Titan folk. And Titan, Titan folk. folk. Now, this is where it gets quite funny. They went to war because Titan folk hated the ending. Shingeki no Kyojin loved the ending. And I it was a war, man. And it was, I was, I never posted it anything about it. I was just reading it, being like, this shit's wild, man. They're attacking each other. It was fucking madness. And there's even the a subreddit on Reddit called subreddit drama where someone goes like, hey, guys, there's a subreddit drama going on. And they basically, and it can be anything, you know, Nike versus Adidas. It's not that. But just yeah, an example yeah, yeah, of like yeah. two subreddits are fighting at the moment. And this is what it's about. Yeah. That appeared on subreddit drama. It got massive upvotes. It was a whole thing. It was massive deal. So it was interesting now to see when this came out because I was like, this is going to be a dumpster fire. Everyone's going to be shitting on it. The ending has been pretty well received. Yeah. Yeah. The ending has been pretty well received. There are those who hate it. Don't get me wrong. But quickly for before we get into that, I, because I'm dedicated to my craft, have gone and rewatched Attack on Titan from episode one till the ending for this podcast. And also I got my girlfriend to watch it, who is uh, brand new to it. She's watched two. I managed to convince her to watch two shows of me up to this point. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Haikyuu, Attack on Titan. Loves all three. Why? Because they're fucking brilliant. But like, <laughs> again, but this is, Grace is not a um, an anime fan necessarily, but she loves those three shows. And they're three of my top five of all time, obviously. I just think it's incredibly fascinating. And I'll go into reasons why I think it's different now. I think the anime did handle the ending much better. At the time that I was reading the manga, we were all clamoring for it. So it came out very fast and it was a rushed scan and it was mistranslated. So there were some major issues there. There were some really dumb things that were said, which were just like cringe and stupid. That was a big part of it. But I also think the fact that in a month, it happened to Game of Thrones as well, which of course we, in our first ever season back in 2020, we did an episode with Brett, our old host, called Attack on Titan versus Game of Thrones, because it makes a lot of sense that it was so. They're very, very similar in that respect. 
But because it was a month-to-month release, right, people would read the manga and then we'd have a month basically just obsessing over it in Reddit forums or in in Mal, Mm -hmm. talking shit out, and then basically constructing things that we were like, oh, this is what's going to happen. This is what will happen. And then you almost convince yourself that it did happen. And then when it comes out and it doesn't happen, your expectation is not met. Therefore, you have a, a bad response, right? And I think that was a major reason as to why so many people hated the manga because right now re-watching it, and also because I've seen it before and I'm, I'm looking at different things now, I actually think it's – look, it's not a perfect ending. It's not Former Lacrosse Brotherhood ending. No, God, it's no. not. It's not a good – it's not like a good ending, but it's not a disaster. It's not. I, think, I, I admit I was wrong. So I think interesting with manga versus anime, and like I'm probably going to make a few enemies with this statement, but I do think that like there are certain – artistic liberties you can take with anime to cover up for a manga's, you know, like shortcoming. So if you have wonderful voice acting, you have great music, you can pace things differently. In this case, like we got a movie length episode uh, where they did go back and retcon a few things, but they not, did. They but things. not like a crazy amount from no. what I can gather. They smoothed I actually, some rough edge. Yeah. yeah. And the issue is though, and also I'd argue with the pacing with the anime too, because obviously we've made many jokes about season one, part three, um, <laughs> the final version season, part five, 19, five, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but really it wasn't as crazy as it was made out to seem. Really like final part, there was only just two extra long episodes basically. Correct, yeah. And for me, I just, because I'm used to watching it in episodic form, I kind of prefer it to all, I would have kind of preferred just like, a longer season. And yes. I know that that for anime animators, MAPA in particular, we've talked about this at length. It's MAPA. Um, you know, they obviously probably didn't have that in their huge roster they've been doing where they've been already delivering everything else for us and wonderful. And, like, by all accounts, I think that they did a fantastic job at these two final episodes. Um, it was beautifully yeah. animated. The music, the score was great. They, they um, had a lot of stuff that they kind of threw back and made it orchestral and, like, yeah, you see they big were, girl came yeah, back. They were, yeah, they were yeah. clever. Um, That's and, a song, by the way. Yeah. And I think um, it just – but to me, I guess I think I would have probably been more hyped if it was just a season that finished it, you know. Sure. And when I think of the greatest anime endings of all time, the two that stand out are Code Geass mm-hmm. and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yes. And those two are what I would consider like some of the best endings in any fictional medium that I've ever seen in my yes. life. And I think Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood had a challenge – ahead of itself, which was that you were introduced in a similar way to Attack on Titan. There was just so many different storylines, so many things to tie up that you kind of get to the point where you're dizzy and you go, how the fuck is this going to end? How are we going to tie this off? And then that ending, unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, literally everything worked out for a reason. And, yeah. like, not everything's going to – I have that's, like, the highest quality. I did not expect Attack on Titan to stick that landing. And I also just think that for me personally, as we said earlier – I preferred the earlier days of Attack on Titan when it was a more simple premise. I think that the last couple of seasons are quite convoluted and quite weirdly paced in a certain way where it was like I could understand what was going on but I I found it less interesting. And I remember the whole way through, I think you can probably find me on a recording further back, saying that the only thing I could see going to happen is that uh, Aaron Yeager is going to lelouch himself, which is is a Code Geass reference, which is where basically he sets himself up to be the ultimate villain in order to make peace. So he sacrifices himself um, and dies, where has someone kill his figurehead Zero, you know, to uh, it's a great to in create um, peace. And the way that was done was so shocking and so wonderful at the time. And, and it's something that's not necessarily like a um, 
uh, one, one that's only ever been done by Code Gear. So it's yeah. quite a common thing, particularly in stories of war. Um, but I kind of knew Attack on Titan was going to do a rendition of that. And, and uh, a poor man's version. Yeah. But I I think it that Isayama, credit where credit's due, like, you know, it's such a huge story and obviously captured the attention of so many people and it really brought so many anime fans into the medium. It's quite a unique series in a lot of ways. Uh, a cast of thousands, you know, so many. And, like, you're getting new characters up until the last minute and I, I think I, I applaud anyone who wants to create a world that big and to capture the attention of everyone. So... Uh, I must say when the ending came out, I was expecting a lot worse just because you've been so dramatic about it and so the whole internet. Yeah, you were the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was one of the bad guys. <laughs> and I wasn't um, – there was a couple of things that I found maybe slightly lazy in the ending uh, and I, we can talk about – as again, we're not spoiling anything, but one of the main ones to me was Emir being in love with King Fritz. Ridiculous. Yeah, that was weird. That, Terrible bit. To me, One of I, the big reasons we all were furious. Yeah, I just went, that's really tacked on and Pathetic. made no sense and that she related to Mikasa because she, she like eventually killed her, her love and then moved yeah. on. It didn't quite make sense for either character, I don't think. No, uh, and that was my main gripe with it yeah. because, but, you know, I guess it's not, it's not exactly, I mean, it wasn't, and one thing I say is I saw people getting really angry about it. And I was like, it wasn't selling King Fritz and Umiya like a love story at all. It was like, no. it was definitely not. <laughs> no, they were, they, it wasn't. No, it wasn't no, like, no. this is how, like, it was actually like, this is the ultimate toxic form of a power abuse yes. within people. And even if you end up with godlike powers, sometimes you are um, still, beholden. still beholden by your own humanity yeah. or like, you know, or like your own kind of irrational. Because uh, yeah, so it's all she'd ever known. Exactly. Um, anyway, I did, I, but I found that was just like really dumb it to was me. Fucking dumb. Uh, so that was my main gripe. And also that Falco could fly really Very easily. convenient. Um, I it makes sense to me. At all. Yeah. Very convenient. I, I yeah, just was right. like, and also Annie was just convinced immediately to come back. And also the fact that like not one of them died in the fight. And you could argue that like Aaron, you know, was holding back, didn't want to kill them and stuff. But it's like, you just killed 80% of the world, dude. The fact that no, and then also when like, when they got turned into Titans at the end. They should have said Titans. And then unturned? I was like, come on. Well, they got rid of Titan power, so it made sense. Yeah, but it was lame. I was like, this is a story. Know, that makes sense to me. It, it can make sense, but it's about win-loss, right? And it's the fact that like all these guys are like, yes, we lost something in this huge endeavor against a literal god who can hack time. And then all of a sudden it's like, they all get turned into Titans and they're like, oh, no, don't lol, jokes. Now, of course, the ending's still bad because everyone still loses Hate is a cycle and which will never end. That's like the overall That's the overall point. messaging of the show. Of course. Indeed. <laughs> but it's like. That guy and his dog finding the tree. Guy finding the tree again. Like, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, no, again. actually, I, I genuinely think that the my favourite part of the ending was that credit sequence. Oh, the credit sequence. Um, yeah. Horrific to watch. Which I handled better because it also showed how much of a passage of time had passed until the bombing at the end, right? Yeah. In the manga, that they had, they didn't make it anywhere near as clear that it was that far in the future. It was like it felt like it was almost instant, mm. and you're like, "Oh, what? Oh, okay, what the fuck?" So yeah. that was another another change that they made. Right. I mean, either way, I think that the message is clear, which is that yeah. like yeah. hatred will forever, and people will and a, believe in ideals which are toxic and, and it's, lies lie to themselves. Um, it's what we believe to be that this text is an anti-war text. There's people that will argue it otherwise, but text. I think that 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 is kind of to me abundantly clear. Uh, in terms of narrative characterization, that kind of thing, 
a lot of people had issues in the manga with Eren being upset about the thought of Mikasa moving on without him and have suddenly having romantic feelings for her. That didn't upset me that much. I, I know that he hasn't been shown to have romantic feelings towards her for the series, but I think that's because he had a lot of other things going on in his head, such yeah, as multiple the entire multiple timelines and knowing the future instantaneously for the pre- Like I think what he gets that when he touches the story's hand in season three, right? Yes. Season four, season three. Season three. End of season three. Yeah. So that is years in a timeline. Yeah. Uh, there's a time skip, everything. So like his, um, his character's been somewhat and he's not able to have – I think it was kind of nice to see Aaron for the last time have a human moment uh, with Armin, even though it was kind of out of the blue and a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I I think for him to say – and for Armin to be like, that was really pathetic what you just said then. It was quite a funny. But I was just like, it to me, I, I genuinely – I didn't mind – Seeing him as someone, as he says, I'm just a an idiot who got this power, yeah, and that showed. True. Like he's not some mastermind. Yeah. Like he's not actually. It wasn't Irwin who got no. the power. Yeah, it should have instead of Armin. But no, I mean the point of that was that he was grateful that he didn't in the end. I mean, a lot of things that went wrong in that series, and it was um. But I, I think as a whole, just it's interesting to see something like this end now, and I think that we've had like Naruto end and. Bleach is still going, so, you know, and One Piece will go yeah, forever more. Ended, yeah. But, you know, in terms of, like, big markers of anime's ending, Attack on Titan was one that, as gateway to anime, it really has a lot of fans who are not even that into anime. It just really transcended any kind of genre. I think people really responded to the storytelling, really responded to the characters and the style of the show. And I think that it's something that we're probably not going to see for another decade or so. In show form. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen is really popular. Yeah, but it's not this. Not, and not Demon Slayer, actually. I think, yep. probably Demon closer, Slayer's, actually. Yep. Look, but but you could argue that Attack on Titan enabled those shows to be so. Yeah. Because also well, the other thing about Attack on Titan is that it is set in a Western-esque context. It's a European-style medieval world. Both Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer are very Japanese. Now, it doesn't mean they're both, I mean, they're both set in Japan, one of which is set in modern day, the other one in the Taisho period. But again, that's something that a lot of people are like used to seeing Japanese stories told in. You know, it's a late samurai, it's a late Meiji period. And it's just incredibly interesting that I think those shows would not be able to be as successful as they are without Attack on Titan. About the audience and the fervor. The amount of people I've met who are like, oh, I love Attack on Titan, who just I would never expect and never talk to me about any form. It's purely anecdotal, obviously. The amount of anecdotal evidence I have of people just loving this show who have no interest in anime whatsoever otherwise, second to none. Second to none. I don't know if I really agree with the concept that Attack on Titan was popular. I, I think it got people into anime for sure, but I think um, – it hasn't. It, it's a, the way of storytelling is actually more kind of closer to things like Game of Thrones, that kind of thing that we like. Uh, a lot of Westerners yeah. like consuming, whereas Jutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer are more on the traditional shonen path of like power systems, that kind of thing. Yeah, whereas Attack on Titan, I think the real strength of it, was made, which what made it unique at the very start, obviously it became something more than that. Was oh. it was just the the bad guys were very unique, the Titans when they the were just like the world build. The thing was unique. It was just sort of like this relenting over oppressive force that is coming the in. Under the boot. The style of that, the way they were drawn, the way like the, the it was very unique. Yes, I think everyone. Well, most people, I would say, loved the initial premise of Attack on Titan because it was a cosmic horror show. Mm -hmm. It was a cosmic horror show about an unspeakable, unstoppable, 
natural force. It was the ant under the boot and it was like no matter how much we plan, we can never stop this seemingly endless, unendingly powerful force of nature, which I think is what got so many people in. Yeah, I agree. Now, I would also then argue that his turn when you discover the basement is in many ways quite genius. Oh, it's great. It's quite a genius turn. And I think he actually pulls that off. And when he goes to, when we go to Mali and you change narrative again, you change who the uh, focus of the characters, we meet Falco and Gabby and, and we see Reiner and everything. And we go, Oh, and it contextualizes. But then I think the show's always been an anti-war text. Of course, there are many pro-militaristic aspects of that. But I think if you really want to drill down into what this is, is that nations are militaristic and we can you can make a show about the military and be anti-militaristic because I think most of them are. Yeah, it's pretty rare to Full find. Metal Jacket is as anti-war a film as it gets and it's a classic war film. Apocalypse Now, Unforgiven, one of my favorite films, is one of the most classic examples of an anti-violence film, but it's one of the most unceremonious violent films you'll ever see. Yeah. And it's just quite obvious to me that the whole idea of like this sense of nationalism and like Erwin, who is my favorite character in the show, who is one of my favorite characters in all anime, in all fiction, full stop, an undisputed king, if you will, which this show obviously is is a fascinating example of a character who is so driven by ideals but also selfishness simultaneously is an extraordinary character who's willing to put his humanity aside to push his goal and his people further. And we see this madness all the time throughout history and we see what an effect it has on him. I think he's a wonderfully nuanced, fascinating character and I think this show is more anti-war than people will give it credit for because for me it's about the futility and the madness and the cyclical nature. And I think even though I agree that the show is never as good as it was when it was a cosmic horror show, I still think his ambition and now seeing it again from all the way through to the end, which I strongly suggest doing, by the way, I think his ambition, he doesn't quite pull off his ambition, but I admire him for trying. When I said that the show got convoluted for me, that kind of it thing, does. I meant like in terms of just pacing and things like that. Obviously, I think that it's very clear and I think it's even from the start when it was a cosmic horror, I think it was really obvious what was actually going on because he Isayama had planned that. Yeah, of course. You see it in, so in the rewatch. In the rewatch, everything like there was always like to me, it was very clear that it was going to turn out the Titans were actually humans, mm. and that happens. But I, but I also never forget moments, uh, you know, like season two. I've talked about this a lot where you have Bertolt and Reiner just casually saying to Aaron, "Oh, by the way, I'm the I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, moments like that that are genius twists and are so fantastic." But I think finding out it was in the basement, of course, it all made sense to me. That was great. But I, I don't know in terms of narrative pacing whether that was the strongest part of the series at the end. It's when the paths come into it that it starts to get complex. Yes. Once you start fucking with timelines, yep. once you start fucking with like real complex, like it turns into a power system. You know what I mean? I mean and it's like and it's super complex. And you're I like, did what? love that episode though where you find out about Ymir and then you see Eren standing next to his dad. Iconic. Like uh, that that was one of the best moments in the whole what series. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You came here to do a thing. Yeah. And you realise. And, and the voice actor of Grisha Jaeger, the Japanese voice actor, deserves so much credit when he's like freaking out about murdering them all and he's like, mm-hmm. I did it. Are you happy now? And then he goes and sees Zeke 
and he mm. finally sees it and, they, and, he for, and Zeke cries. Mm. It's there. Look, the amount of oh fuck moments yeah. in the show. Okay, I fucking love Attack on Titan, man. I've been watching this whole thing from the start again. Like, and even though it has its flaws, I still think on its whole, the sum of all of its parts is quite brilliant. And to have the effect that it had in the West is undeniable. And yes, I don't love the ending still. It's way better and I'm, I'm way less upset than I was. But I think this show deserves its place in the top echelon of all animes. And it's done something undeniable. It has brought people who are not fans of anime into the world. It's been a gateway to anime, which this whole Absolutely. fucking show is all about. So for that, I'll forever be grateful for Attack on Titan. I'm really sad that it's gone. And do I wish it could have been better? Sure. But you can't always get what you want. All right, I want to ask you this. So who, do you, who which character do you think ha, were, had the most satisfying arc and who do you think had the least satisfying arc? Who do you think was a bit of a wasted character first and then who do you think a was- A wasted a- character? Mickey. Mickey was the coolest character was ever. Was he the sniffing guy? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But Mickey no, his was, death was great though. That was, was great, was, it but was I, good guess, to- I just wish I had more of him to feel that more. Mm. See, I think my wasted character- probably Armin. Mm. I just feel like towards the end they- They fucked him. They fucked him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, and it was tough because obviously- to have a character that she saved in place of another beloved character. I think it was worth um, necessarily do so for the narrative, of course. And I'm, I'm not necessarily think like even if a character, like I think that I actually really enjoyed the storyline of Reiner was one of my favourite yeah, arcs. Isayama's two favourite characters, Jean and Reiner. They're my two favourite characters yeah. as well. well there you Absolutely. Go. So, but, that, but I think Armin like could have been really interesting, but I think that maybe didn't live up to their potential, but the even, end. and also like didn't, just didn't do really did anything. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of, that to me was a disappointment because it was a very big build up. And I think that like everyone else who was a part of the scouts, that kind of, everyone like even Sasha, like everyone had their moments and stuff. Kanji. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame. I agree, actually. I mean, like Mikke, I think was a wasted character in respect that he was so built up and so cool and did nothing. But if you want to talk about like in, how in, integral to the plot they were built up to be, and how they spoke, kind of he kind of did have his moment with Aaron at the end. Well, but technically, like, but he didn't like, do did fucking he? anything, and he was so passive during that whole period back in on Paradise. So passive, did nothing, had very little plans to stop Aaron apart from let's fly over the top of him and attack him. Like, wasn't great. And especially it's like, oh, you know, he's in the whole build-up of like, oh, he's Erwin's replacement. And like, he has to be, you know, and he, of course, the big part of that, but he wasn't. And he admits it. He's like, I'm never going to be him. I can't be him. But even so, he was horribly wasted. Yes. Did Zeke change his tune way too quickly though with Armin? Because Armin did convince Zeke to help them out in the sands at the end. The, um, the- yeah, th- th- at the end it all just got real rushed. And yeah. Sloppy, you know, like it was pretty Slopsville. Yeah. It's not, but it wasn't like, again, I think I was expecting just like me to be standing there with a cigarette going, what the hell was that? Like, <laughs> and I think, um, but actually I was just like, yeah, I think that was probably the ending I would have expected from this show. I don't think I could see it really panning out any other way. He painted himself into a bit of a corner. Like obviously this show is not going to have a, a happy resolution and I think no. it is it is horrific ending. And But I, I, I couldn't really see another way out of that narrative from Isayama. So I I wasn't surprised by the ending at all. I think a lot of people in the manga seem to be, as you said, it's like they similar to when we were talking about us with MF Ghosts, like people create their own. <laughs> so we talked about last episode, we talked about how we got excited for an anime 
that we just like pretended we had no idea anything about and just wrote our own version and then it turned out just like didn't fucking exist Um, so it's like you have your own fab like fanfic about this stuff and it happens with manga it happens and it happened with Game of Thrones as well it did everyone had like the coolest series that like would have been like well you know and they're like quite convincing but you know these uh, authors are only human and I think that yeah he, he tied it up in a way that it seems the anime fan base have accepted the ending and have liked it a lot more than the manga fan Big base. Time. I'm kind of like, I'm not like, again, I just, it's not a full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood ending and it's no, not, it's not a Code Geass ending, but it's, it ended. So. And it was okay. Wasn't Game of Thrones bad? No, it didn't like completely. Wasn't Game of Thrones bad? Yeah, but it it's, wasn't amazing. I, no, it wasn't. It, it was slightly. What do you think, Graham? So we've, we've been the Devonport's been monologuing. You guys a lot. talk away. I'm all good over here. <laughs> what do you um, think? I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, I just enjoyed it. I was kind of glad it was over. Yeah, that I wasn't gonna have to wait for another part or another part mm. or something to happen. I was expecting more for an Aaron than um, mm. this is. I'm just kind of dumb, and this is the best idea I had. But then at the same time, I was like, oh yeah, he is dumb, and this is what a dumb person would do. But I, I enjoyed it just to be done with it. Mm. I was ready for it to be done. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, it was it was it time was for time Attack on Titan. Like, it was. But, I mean, it was a significant show for you two in your anime, oh, in your anime journey, right? I think starting off as like a, a, a giant monster kaiju show, then becoming a military sort of political thriller, then morphing into something else and then something else like – it, every season is something different. Mm. Don't forget when it was a Western with Kenny and Levi. Kenny and Levi, yeah, exactly. one of the great sequences. Yeah, yeah, also yeah. put Studio Wit on the map. Yeah. It was their first ever show. Ridiculous. It. Was the Kenny Levi sort of ODM gear better than his ending sort of scene when he's, oh, when he's slicing through? It's the same sort of thing they're sick. going for. Mm. Oh. Actually, what is your favorite sequence in Attack on Titan? It probably is that ODM Kenny chase. The Kenny chase? Kenny. But I think that, yeah, the, just even just saying Kenny's great. Oh, but that gold. last scene with him, he's like, oh, I've got no fucking legs or arms or whatever it was. Even yeah. when he killed Zeke, I was like, yes. Yeah. He finally finished his mission. The thing that he's never failed a mission and he did it. Yep. Even though I was like, oh, he's helping him. Out. Oh, he's dead. Yep. He promised, he promised her when he'd do it. And, and he, he did, did it. it. And he did it. He did it. And. Um, yeah. My my favorite sequence from Attack on Titan is also another Levi moment because they all. I mean, it was the thing where they obviously saved the budget for the Levi cool moments. <laughs> uh, it's a tie between Levi versus the female Titan, Underrated. and also Levi versus the Beast Titan Beast Titan, when the throwing of the rocks, and also that whole sequence with Erwin screaming. And yeah, that's that, probably the that's best probably the bit in the whole. Probably. Yeah, that's so my that's, my favorite sequence of anime, and I think I've watched it on YouTube like five thousand times. There's is a great the final Erwin. You seen that TikTok where it's a little girl on the rocking horse? Oh my god! It's so and they put funny. that Erwin speech on the back, <laughs> and she's just going <laughs> hell for leather on this rocking horse. So good. While her mum talks about shit. Shampoo in the front. It's the, the funniest so thing. So good. I haven't seen no, that, but I need to see it. That's cool. So intense. Just it's the most intense thing ever. <laughs> and her mum's like recommending shampoo Let's on TikTok. It's gonna... In yeah. the back, it's just Erwin. It's fucking gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, that's my... That followed by... And like when Grace was watching it, my partner as well, like when Levi... Because we watched it back to back. Uh, when Levi took him... Took down Zeke. She was like, "Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's so satisfying. It's so iconic, man. Yeah. And yeah, it'll always forever hold a place in our hearts. And it's been so special to have something that you know we're, we're all anime fans. Like you've, we've all been 
massive anime fans since we were kids. And to actually have something that has hit the mainstream like this. Mm. Where you can talk to someone and be like, not feel like such a nerd. Exactly. Not the fucking creepy weirdos. Yeah, right? You know, he's actually a cool kid again. Yeah. It was cool. That was cool. Attack on Titan was cool. Yeah. And like, because you obviously, when did you start watching it? Were you in? So so in, in Vancouver? It's been 2013. Yeah, so yeah, I think it was gone. 2013. Before I started traveling, so yeah, must have been. Yeah, wow. So it's been probably since I left home, so it's probably been traveling with me. I think Literally. it's On the journey. But yeah. It's either late 12. It, anyway, it was, it was Around at its then. peak in 13, like yeah. mm-hmm. 14. It was like that was well, when 13. it was. Yeah, and then it came back again in 2017. It definitely yeah. was one of the only anime I was watching at that time as well. Like I think it would have got me back into. Is this during your I Hate Anime theories? No, I was still kind of <laughs> on board. There was yeah. like soon after. It was during the hiatus of season one and two where I fell off anime entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was back on board by the time season two came back around. So Yeah. Incredible. Maybe not a coincidence there. Maybe I was just waiting for Attack Just waiting time. to come back. Waiting, waiting that for it. wait was fucking painful. Well, that's oh why I read God. the manga. I, I didn't to. read the manga. I didn't do it. I was like, nah, yeah. I'm good. I'm waiting this out. Because I think for an action show like that, and Isayama is an incredible mangaka, incredible uh, drawer and everything. I'm sure that it's like uh, manga readers don't get mad at me. But I just think for a really action-based, like for having such an amazing animated treatment of it, I think I didn't want to spoil the surprises for myself because I think it would yeah. – I think maybe this story is best told in animated form. That's why I don't read Spider-Man comics, yo. Mm. Some things are just meant to be seen in, in motion. action. And, and there's also one guy – who did the 3D maneuver gear animation exclusively almost. And I can't remember, I should have written his name down. I was meaning to, I was meaning to but he is, um, I'll put it in the show notes actually, but he has his responsibility. He went over from Wit to Mapper to do the 3D animation sequences. He did that final sequence that you're talking about at the end yeah. there with Levi on his own. Madness. He did the Beast Pure Titan madness. sequence on his own. Like wild, absolutely wild. One horrible of the- carpal tunnel from like <laughs> years of just ODM gear animation. Just Man, like, like, but to make that his thing and just like to because the ODM gear animation is iconic. Yeah, it's out of control. It was pretty much one guy. I mean, some Asaka guy might correct me on that, but it's clo- like not all of it was by himself, but like many so. sequences he did on his own. He was the key animator for those sequences. Extraordinary stuff. Just wild. Uh, the ODM gear just in general, I liked how unique that was and just how oh, like okay. it's how humans would think to battle these like, you know, kind of and it's it, it's very cool with the two blades and the spinning Strings. and like it, it's just very, very and they cool. And the guns for the yeah, anti-personnel yeah, yeah. gear. When they get they get more technologically advanced as it goes along, but I think. Um, Thunder spears. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, it's a cool show filled with many, many great characters. And, you know, I'm sad to say goodbye to them, uh, but also I, I think it was time as well. Time it's been right. a decade and I think that... Um, Plus we'll get a sequel. We'll get a follow-up. We'll get something. He's released something years. in April 2024. Uh, there Levi, you go. A Levi. The Baruto uh, of fucking... A pre-Levi story. Sweet. Well, I mean, I'm oh, on board for that then. More of his like, underground times, I think. Great. Mm-hmm. I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he stole the ODM gear mm, and was I think, it's, I think it's around that period, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he meets Erwin and stuff. It's going to be like a chibi version of <laughs> there is, be all oh, high school stuff, version. Like, <laughs> there is that. There you know, is that. I know what Titan, exists. Yeah, it's a Tackle Titan high school chibi show. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Much, That's yeah. a thing. I'd have missed that. Don't know. You can go Probably watch it. Yeah, watch that. There you go. It's out there. If you want to fill the whole that Attack on Titan has left. So bizarre. Um, um, yeah, so what do you think is the next big hit? I mean, no, I mean, we're probably not going to see one for about a decade, but what do you think is going to be the next big anime 
hit. There's a new manga which has only had a few volumes out right now called Kuburabashi, <laughs> which is essentially, I haven't, I've only glanced over it, but everyone was losing their minds when the first, and it's too early to tell. First chapter was really good. You, yeah. Explain, explain Kuburabashi, please. So it takes place after a sort of Indonesia, what do you call that sort of Indonesia sort of region? We'll say Indo-Asia war. But the hero of this sort of the war was this um, blacksmith who made katanas that were, you know, imbued with magical powers and abilities. And he has a son. He's sort of the father's killed by sort of the, the Yakuza. And it's a revenge tale of his son picking up these magical swords to go kill Yakuza's. But there's magic involved and stuff like that. It's pretty hype. It's pretty hype. Cool. I've, yeah, I've heard that's amazing. But like, it'll be something we probably hasn't even been made yet. If it's not Kurubashi. So I don't know. I feel like Chainsaw Man had that hype, but maybe it did, but necessarily didn't translate it. to as big an audience as Attack on Titan. To be fair, less, um, I think. Less relatable. Less, yeah, yeah. And like leans into some of the more, without sounding too judgmental, creepy aspects of what people can attribute to manga and anime. You know what it's I mean? a different like, kind of adult yeah. as opposed it's, to And also it's unhinged. Like, yeah. It's fucking unhinged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unhinged. Like, yeah, which is why it's cool. It hasn't even begun to become unhinged yet. Yeah. It's why it's cool, but it's yeah. also why I think it's going to have mass appeal. Mm. It's too weird. No, you know it. what I mean? Like, whereas AOT is fucking brutal, but it's not weird. It's not creepy. No fan service. Fuck all fan service in AOT. Anyway, thank you so much, Attack on Titan. You'll be missed. Hajime Siyama, you are a genius. And you will always have my admiration, even if at the time I hated your ending in the manga. I've come around because people grow, people change. Was it the best ending ever? No. But was it still an extraordinary piece that will forever hold its place in the history and pantheon of manga and anime? Absolutely. 100%. So that is our little look into the impact of Attack on Titan. What a ride it's been. Thank you so much. We are Gateway to Anime. You can find us. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can also find us on YouTube and on social media. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok. Check it out. If you really like what we do, you can find us on Patreon. Really appreciate any help we can get. We're a small little operation, but we're working hard to bring you the best content we can. Patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And just a little moment. Favorite character, go. Levi. I already said Reiner. Reiner is. Reiner, in the yeah. End, in the end? Okay. Erwin. I mean, and he's not my f- I'm not like everything he did was great, but I think he's a fascinating character. Agreed. Levi, he's badass. He's about this tall. Levi, yeah. That's yeah, you know what? Name. Yeah, sorry, Levi. <laughs> yeah. Erwin. Um, all right. Well, we'll catch you all next time. Thank you so much. See you soon.